Welcome to Building Boston and Beyond, an educational podcast providing residents with information on the economic growth of their community and the many resources and services available to improve their quality of life. From discussions with public officials, businesses, organizations, and people wanting to affect change, Building Boston and Beyond aims to further educate and empower residents to have a voice, connect with their community, and join the decision-making process. The City of Boston's mayoral race continues with five candidates heading to the preliminary election September 14th. Only two will prevail, and from there, over a 49-day period, two candidates will crisscross the city, touching every neighborhood promoting their agenda to become Boston's next mayor come November 2nd. Let's see what a mayoral agenda looks like and understand a candidate's mission, their vision, their first 100 days if they win. This is important. Residents deserve to be informed and should be part of the political process to elect who will lead Boston next, who will be their voice and further advance their quality of life. Joining Building Boston and Beyond today is a mayoral candidate, at-large city councilor Anissa Asabi-George. Representing all of Boston's neighborhoods for the past six years, Councilor Asabi George was born and raised in Boston, is a former classroom teacher who taught at East Boston High School for 13 years. She's a small business owner and a mother of four boys, all students of Boston's public school system. City Councilor Asabi George comes to the table with seasoned experience introducing innovative paths to better education and sound ideas for improvements to economic development, housing, homelessness, health care, safety, and much more. Let's hear from mayoral candidate Anissa Asabi-George. Welcome, Councillor Asabi-George, and thank you for joining Building Boston and Beyond. Uh, I'm very excited to have you with us today. Uh, you're a seasoned effective at-large city councilor running for mayor of Boston. Why the interest and what distinguishes yourself from your opponents as far as implementing change and improving the quality of life for residents? Well, I love the description first of seasoned and effective at-large councilor. I am very proud of my years of service as a member of the Boston City Council and I'm in my third term, so almost six years under my belt. And for me, the effective piece is really tied to my love of this city, uh, my roots here in this city, my uh, experiences in this city. And, and those pieces really drive me every single day to get up and to do this work. And I'd say, you know, for me, it's uh, the pieces that separate me or distinguish me when we think about this work of leading the city and, and being mayor of this great city, for me, it is those experiences. I'm, you know, the daughter of, of immigrants and have really, you know, taken their experience and, and made it my own, has informed my work, um, has informed myself. I'm a mother, I have four teenage boys, and we're living a very full life here, especially amidst the, you know, the experience we've had over the last year and a half with COVID. I'm also a small business owner and uh, and a former teacher. And I think that those uh, experiences, um, both big and small, and you know, my years, especially in the classroom and my years building a business, have really brought me to this moment in time. And then I'd say over all of those pieces, it's my leadership style. I'm very much a convener and a collaborator and really believe 
And being an effective leader is, is due in large part to being someone who works, works well with others, but really partnership. You know, as a parent, as you just said, and being a teacher for 13 years, education is so important. And as we know, education in a political platform is a priority. Let's talk about what you're doing as a city councilor to improve the educational system here in Boston. And then how will you take that to enhance your ideas now as mayor? You know, that's a, that's a great comment too about how important education is here in the city of Boston. And when I think very specifically about the work of city government and the role of a municipal elected official, in particular a city councilor and mayor of this city, we've got very few actual responsibilities, very few things that we are charged with that the people of Boston task, task us with uh, that should be on our sort of item list of things to do in our schools is very much front and center to, to that charge, to those uh, to that job of leading the city. And for me, taking my 13 years of uh, time in the classroom, my own experience, I'm a Boston Public Schools graduate. My four kids are in the Boston Public Schools. You know, taking those experiences, plus my years now on the city council and my um, leadership in the area of education on the city council, that for me has really informed my work along the way. And so that experience as mayor gives me an opportunity, unlike anyone else, to get into the weeds on the topics of our schools. I understand the language that's spoken when we think about academic lingo and educational lingo. I know inside and out how our schools work, how they work well and where and when they don't work well and the things that need to happen in a different way. And so it's my ability, because of my experiences, to paint with both a broad brush when we think about the work that needs to be done to improve the experiences of our students across the board, but also having the ability to get in the weeds, to understand the challenges um, that lead us to underperforming fourth grade MCAS scores, that lead us to in a, you know, ineffective grade configurations, that have led us to not having a, a program in place at Madison Park that is truly meaningful for every kid that walks in the doors at Madison Park to understand sort of the impact of politics and activism and sort of the work of the day on education here in the city of Boston, you know, and for, for all of the time that Boston's been around for as long as public education has been here in the city of Boston, which we know it started here, mayors and candidates for mayor have talked about their role in fixing the schools for all of our kids. But we have yet to elect an educator, a teacher. And I look forward to fulfilling that promise of public education for our kids, for every single one of our kids in every single one of our neighborhoods in every single one of our school communities and in our classrooms and in our, in our classroom seats. Every kid should be experiencing a high quality academic experience with appropriate wraparound services, athletic programming, opportunities for arts and music and other enrichment. You know, all of those pieces are so important to creating that experience. And I'm committed to it. Absolutely. And access to education to all is, is so important. Uh, let's talk about um, your business owner, uh, your experiences and contributions to helping more women of all backgrounds to follow their dreams of becoming a business owner. Uh, one can always do more. 
And if elected mayor, how will you further promote access to available funding and resources for all, uh, including new business owners, specifically minorities and women? Well, first, you know, again, I'm a, I'm a classroom teacher, so we can always do better. We can always do more. We can always expand and create new opportunities for especially women and women of color to engage in uh, entrepreneurship, to build business here in the city of Boston. And so we're never doing enough. That access to capital, the access to technical assistance, the access to support systems for you know, new business owners for particular, those that are looking to, to create a new opportunity to build a new, whether it's within a new industry or a new idea um, or to do things in a different way or support business owners that are currently in business. And we think especially about the impact of COVID on our businesses, small and large across our city. It has been so, so critical of a year and too devastating or devastating for too many over this last, last year. And we certainly need to be much more intentional as a city about creating opportunities, especially for our black and brown entrepreneurs, our women entrepreneurs, women of color entrepreneurs, make sure that they have a fair shot at succeeding. And I think right now we see that we have not done enough as a city to fully embrace those not even embrace the opportunities, create the opportunities and, and create a system that allows for those business owners to really embrace what's before them. For me as mayor, we'll work to create uh, what I'm calling this new business liaison for each neighborhood so that we are thinking very specifically about how we support business owners in person um, to sort of you know cre create opportunities to help them set up shop. So whether it's ongoing business that is existing today in our neighborhoods, that there's support there. And we've seen some real success through our main streets programs and supporting current businesses and that we're always working towards supporting them and continuing to support them, but also looking for opportunities for new business. And when we think about um, businesses that exist today and ent entrepreneurs are always looking for new opportunity. And we've got to think about those new opportunities and really you know, hold the hands of and lead entrepreneurs to those opportunities. And, you know, when we think about BIPOC business owners in particular, we have to help with facilitating their connections to information, their connections to capital, their connections to support networks, and, you know, their connections to our communities. And, and for me, when we think about groups of people that have been historically left out and left behind of those opportunities, we've seen it very specifically in our BIPOC communities. We need to work and make sure that we're creating these opportunities for businesses to grow, to, to be sustained, to thrive, and also to reimagine themselves. If, you know, especially coming out of a pandemic, you know, entrepreneurs, even ones who have suffered tremendously over this last year and a half, you know, are ready to embrace new opportunities. And that's where we need to help. We need to pitch in and help. And in and, and your role as mayor, you, you'll be looking to engage businesses to locate here. And obviously that's job creation. And of course, we think of our own first, our residents, our neighborhoods, people that live in, in Boston and beyond. Meaning, how do you ensure our local residents have access to these job opportunities and also to your negotiation skills and how you sit 
at the table with these businesses to not only convince them to relocate here, but to really commit and care that these jobs go to our residents first? Yeah, no, it's a, that's a great question. And, you know, Boston is at a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal point in its future. And it's, and it's today when we think about opportunities to bring in new industry, bring in new business, you know, when we think about that recruitment, when we think about attracting those new opportunities here to the city of Boston, you know, one thing that industry looks for, new business looks for, is whether or not there's talent here in the city. And for sure, we've got access to talent through our many universities that are already here and that are building for that future talent. But we have talent. We have our young people in this city. We have you know, maybe people in this city that are looking to reinvent themselves, to do a midlife career change, upskill, to retrain. And so with our current city's residents, we have talent that we haven't yet tapped into, that we haven't yet worked to make sure that they are able to embrace these new opportunities. Very specifically, we have an incredible opportunity through Madison Park Vocational Technical High School for that very direct, you know, too often, we talk about like the school to prison pipeline, which I've got some, you know, we can talk about that for a long time and ways to avoid that and work around that and prevent that and eliminate that. But what we do have in our schools, and in particular, what we should have through Madison Park Vocational Technical High School is a direct pipeline from school to the workforce, school to, you know, where we foster and develop and grow that talent so it can access that economic opportunity, those jobs, be a part of that workforce on the other end. And so for me, I committed to in my first 100 days as mayor of the city to have a strategic plan around Madison Park Vocational Technical High School. And I'm, you know, I've been working on that as a city councilor. We've seen some certain strides at Madison, but we're missing a few pieces. And I'm, I'm committed to doing that as mayor. And, and that there is our greatest recruiting tool when we think about new business and new opportunity here in the city of Boston. It goes right through Madison Park. And I'm, I'm really excited about the opportunity that we have for our city's residents and our young people. And Madison Park should, should be first and foremost about our young people, about our kids, but then creating opportunities for adults to train at Madison Park, to retrain and to explore new opportunities. And it's not just the construction trades and it's not just culinary arts, two things that Madison is doing today. It's about our health careers and you know opportunities within the healthcare system. It's about financial institutions and, and the work that we could do at Madison to prepare young people to work in the many financial institutions that exist here in the city of Boston. And it's also about creating that direct pipeline into the lab sciences, biotech, is coming here and so attractive, attracted to all that Boston has to offer, we can do so much in, in partnership with Madison Park to create that workforce, not of like tomorrow in the future, but the workforce of tomorrow, like literally tomorrow. And then we think also about the return of advanced manufacturing to this area. Madison should play an important role, a central role. And we think about like, I like casting. We think about filling roles in the movies. Madison needs to be our hub, our casting agency for the workforce of tomorrow, but literally tomorrow here in the city of Boston. Right, to uh, vocational training is so very important too, to give our youth another option other than college or possibly vocational training 
and then they may pursue further education in college. Yep. And so I know, think that is so important. It is. And I'm a former high school teacher and, and we see in, in the world, the way things have changed so rapidly around technology um, that advanced education uh, is always important. And, and young people, me, middle-aged people, we should always be looking to continue to like develop educationally. And, you know, that certainly helps us professionally. So there is this assumption that young people who attend voc tech schools don't attend college. They do attend college, sometimes immediately after and follow a traditional path. And I think that they're much more prepared and uh, productive in their college years. But also there's always opportunities down the road to return to school as a, you know, little, maybe a little bit older and a little bit wiser and a little bit more experienced. But there's, there's lots of paths to lifelong success there aren't, there aren't just these single lane um, opportunities. And we've got to create these multi-lane, multimodal experiences for our city's residents, in particular our young people, to help them find those opportunities for their future. You know, Councilor, you make a good point about um, training education for uh, even people over 40 and 50 years old. We're living longer, and it's not to say, why can't you have multiple careers and access to new training. I most recently um, met somebody at an event that is a former lawyer and is 50 and is going to school to become a nurse. And we'd like a mayor to support that type of path for somebody and encourage people to pursue other opportunities and other careers. I and love it. Because love there's that. workplace, because there is workplace like disc discrimination or access to jobs because of age, there's issues. Yeah, no, and there's real issues, and, and the world changes, um, and the needs in, you know, sort of in the marketplace change, and jobs and careers evolve over time, and people evolve over time. You know, I was a classroom teacher before I ran for office, and I've always, you know, prided myself on being civically engaged and sort of politically aware, but, you know, I, I was a little bit older the first time I ran for office, and um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, we think we have to not think about people as in, you know, this is your one opportunity. We've got to create sort of a, a diversity of opportunities for our city's residents, young and old, and, you know, training them for their next career is a, that's a good thing. And, you know, I actually was talking with a group of seniors, um, some older Bostonians recently in retirement, um, in older age, isn't like sitting in a rocking chair watching soap operas all afternoon. It is, you know, our older Bostonians are always looking for opportunities to engage in community. And many of our older Bostonians need to continue to work. Boston's an expensive city. So creating new opportunities for them, um, ways to engage both in the, in the workforce, but also ways to engage in community. Um, that's, those are really important things to do for our city's residents, young and old. And you understand as a teacher, it is always about exercising the mind, whether exactly. you're reading or just knitting or doing something that you're constantly just thinking and moving. Residents, especially older Bostonians, you know, want to engage in life. Aging doesn't mean you're old. Aging exactly. means you'll, you'll have new experiences and you have experiences to share with others. So let's talk about your present position. And I feel that gives you so much experience. As an at-large counselor, you represent every 
community in the city hearing residents' issues, in addition to education, is crime and safety. And most recently, we are experiencing some issues, you know, like education. We think about public safety, we think about violence prevention, we think about community connections and, um, you know, the work that needs to happen uh, to keep our city safe. You know, that there is another like, core responsibility of municipal government, of, of city government, of a mayor, and certainly of the Boston City Council. And as you mentioned, I'm an at-large councilor. I represent every community here in the city. And as much as I am very proud to be a Dorchester girl, I am proud to represent every neighborhood and every resident across the city. And my responsibility to the people of Boston is to make sure that they are safe. In addition to whether it's education, public health, uh, public transit, making sure we have green space, that's, you know, all those pieces, public safety is certainly core to the work that we do as a city. And fulfilling the promise of community policing and, and we're regarded here in Boston as the model of community policing across our country. And that's something that is exciting to share and you know, scream from the rooftops. But we have to make sure as a city that we are constantly fulfilling that promise, that we are working in partnership with our Boston Police Department and our community-based organizations, our city's residents, elected officials, to make sure that we are both preventing crime in our city and responding to the needs of our city's residents across the board. So for me, that is making sure that our police department is reflective um, in diversity for the communities in the city it serves. And we think about Boston, so important that there are strong relationships being built every day between resident and police officer, our small businesses and um, local police departments that our young people um, see both a reflection of themselves in the police force, but also that there is a level of collaboration and partnership and connection. And when we think about those strong bonds, that is the foundation to community policing when we have those, when we have those relationships, when we're able to have those conversations, when we're able to hold each other accountable for uh, the work that is so important to community, to our neighborhoods, to our residents, and to our police department. Right. Uh, another, another concern um, for residents, addiction and, and substance abuse, where we are now seeing it cast a wider net across the city. Um, unfortunately, you do see used needles discarded on city sidewalks. Uh, what are you doing now and what is your vision as mayor to address that problem? Yeah, no, it's a, I appreciate the question. A big part of my work since I joined the city council in 2016 has been around, you know, responding to the needs of those that are living unsheltered, experiencing homelessness, who have a substance use disorder, or now what we're seeing more of a stimulant use disorder, and certainly inadequate um, and almost no access to mental health services. And, and too many of our residents are experiencing mental illness every single day. And we see it play out on our streets, in particular at Melnia, Cass, um, and Mass Ave. And you know, so I refer to that geographical area as Mass and Cass. But absolutely, without a doubt, every single one of our neighborhoods is dealing with 
homelessness, substance use disorder, and, and mental illness. And, and it is uh, both difficult for the individual who's not well, uh, who's seeking wellness and, and hopeful, hopefully a lifetime of recovery, and the impact it has on our residents, on our small business owners, and, and too many of our neighborhoods and our small business districts across the city. So when I joined the council in 2016, I started a new committee on homelessness, mental health, and recovery. And for me, that created an opportunity for me to jump in with both feet, both on you know those three issues as they intersect with one another, and also as they are sometimes singular. If you are experiencing homelessness, you don't always also deal with a substance use disorder or a mental illness, and and you know the the opposite is also true. So I started a special commission that's working to end family homelessness here in the city of Boston and really design a plan around the work that we need to do to do that. And then at Mass and Cass and in other pockets of our city, working to make sure that those that are dealing with addiction have opportunities for wellness, that they're getting the services that they need uh, through outreach and programs that we as a city are investing in programs that are um, demonstrating effectiveness and that we are working with partners outside of the city because you know too many of the individuals who come to our city, uh, about almost 70% of them um, who are coming and accessing services here in the city, especially through our shelter, uh, shelter providers are not originally from the city of Boston. And, and that speaks to the lack of resources in too many other places. So as mayor, working in partnership with surrounding communities, cities and towns, uh, that's a really important role for as mayor from as mayor for me to play. And then making sure that we are responding to some of the basic city services around cleanliness, around trash pickup, around needle disposal. I've led on the city council the work around proper needle disposal. It continues to be a battle. It continues to be a significant challenge, especially as the drugs on the street change. We've seen this evolution from heroin to fentanyl to now fentanyl that's often laced with many other drugs, including stimulants. And that's where the stimulant use disorder comes from. That can't be um, uh, reversed with Narcan because it's not an opioid. And we're seeing also much more frequent use. Um, and, and that's why we're seeing uh, an increase in the number of needles that we're picking up as a city on the street from you know just a few years ago, picking up or collecting 250,000 to just this last year, collecting three quarters of a million needles. And, and that speaks to the change um, of drug use on the street and, and the behaviors of those that are dealing with a substance use disorder. It also speaks to the added volume of people who are coming here for services and then becoming sort of literally and figuratively stuck here in the city of Boston. I've recommended, and part of my work on the council and what I will do as mayor, is to use some of those federal dollars that are coming in through the American Recovery Plan to support individuals dealing with uh, substance use disorder and homelessness, that we are investing in programs, um, certainly decentralizing services that are being provided at Mass and Cass, and making sure that we are really looking at a continuum of care that is strong, that can support individuals in crisis, and that can really help an individual find the lifetime of recovery that they need to live a full life. Right, right. Your knowledge is vast and, and you clearly do understand uh, the current issues and you have a plan on, on how you will address them. Let, let's share with our listeners 
what's your plan for the first hundred days? You have a couple of some initiatives that you'd like to share. Like, this is what I want to do right away and then get the ball rolling. Yeah, I certainly wish I could do it all. I'm so excited to get to work and continue what I've done on the city council in a new capacity, in a new, in a new role as mayor of this city. And with that new role comes different levers to pull and, you know, just you, when you have that opportunity, there is more you can do. So I look forward to leading the city in that capacity. But, you know, when I think about my first hundred days in particular, I try, and in all my work, I try to be very sort of practical and realistic in the things that I can do, um, especially when we think about short-term goals, those first hundred days, midterm, and then long-term. But in my first hundred days as, as mayor, uh, certainly start off with building a cabinet and administration that is diverse and reflective of Boston, because we need to um, make sure that we every day are working to tackle the systemic inequities that exist, that we are working to respond to the needs uh, in, in housing and in education and transportation and public safety and public health, all of these components. We need to make sure that we have the right people at the table to lead in partnership with me on, on those issues. I've talked a little bit about Madison Park. In my first 100 days, we will have a strategic plan building upon both the work I've done on the council and the work that the community has done around Madison Park. But we need to be very specific and act with uh, quickness and focus around Madison Park because there's tremendous opportunity to do that work. I will reconvene the pilot task force so that we are making sure that we are working in partnership with our nonprofit institutions, our meds, our ads, our hospitals and healthcare centers, our uh, colleges and universities, our cultural centers. When we think about our, um, when we think about our museums and you know, other institutions like that, that they are at the table and helping us um, do the work that's so important uh, for the city and the city's residents. And just sort of quite simply, reopen Boston, make it easier for Boston to get back to business. And that's certainly about COVID and coming out on the other side of this pandemic and this crisis, but it's also just making it easier to interface, to engage with, and to do business with and for the city of Boston. You're clearly, clearly driven. And uh, we're ready to wrap up, but let's again, provide our listeners uh, with your final thoughts as related to your candidacy for mayor and why you? Yeah, no, for me, um, as you know, leading uh, from my six years of experience on the Boston City Council, leading from my 13 years experience in the classroom, leading from my experiences building a business and raising a family in this city, and certainly leading from my personal experiences being the daughter of immigrants, being a first-generation American, being a product of the Boston Public Schools. Those things have prepared me for this moment. And to lead the city of Boston as mayor is, is one that I look forward to. And it's, it's based on sort of the feel-good things, but also the hard work that I've been able to uh, get through and the things I've been able to accomplish as a member of the city council. And, you know, for me, I am proud of those, you know, legislative accomplishments for sure, yeah. the work I've done around um, the various policies that I've been able to inform and influence and design. But for me, even more important than that is my presence in all of our neighborhoods, the relationships I've built with our residents across the city, 
my reputation of being ever present and responsive to our neighbors, to our residents, to those that are doing business in this city, building business in this city. You know, for me, those pieces are really important when we think about what it takes to lead this city, especially through the second half and hopefully the tail end of a pandemic and into, you know, a, a rebirth, a reimagination of all that Boston is and can be and fulfilling the promise really of what Boston is. Counselor, how can our listeners get to learn more about you? Well, thanks. I appreciate the opportunity to give the plug on the website. Visit anisaforboston.com, A-N-N-I-S-S-A-F-O-R, boston.com. Check out our policies. And I, I will actually note that on those policy docs, they're all dynamic documents. They can be further informed by you with lived experiences, with certain expertise. Dig into the weeds and give us your feedback. You can also email us or, or call over to the campaign headquarters. All of that contact information is there on the website. You can also email me directly, anisa at anisaforboston.com. I love it. Your uh, platform is quite informative and you're clearly prepared. And I wish you the best of luck in your candidacy. Lydia, thank you so much. Visit buildingbostonandbeyond.com to get a glimpse of our future guests and the many ways you can follow us on social media. Join us next time to hear the latest topics of discussion in Boston and beyond.